0: Welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things dynasty fantasy football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Polish.
1: Welcome back to Block in the Back. I'm alongside Ryan Polish and our guest from last week, Aaron Wilcox. We are here to break down part two of our rookie wide receivers. And, uh, you know, instead of spending so much time on news and notes, we've got our big annual pod that will break down the free agents next week. Uh, So we're going to hop right into rookies. And uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us again.
2: Yes, very happy to be back with you guys. I'm looking forward to it. Part two.
1: And uh, just a refresher, you can find Aaron at AaronWilcox86 on Twitter uh, brought great insight last week to our pod so make sure that you, uh, reach out to him, uh, for anything fantasy football related. So let's dive right in here. And then a guy that we did not talk about last week, correct me if I'm wrong, who's actually next in my rankings, uh, is Elijah Moore And we did not discuss more on the pod last week, correct? Nope. Yeah. So he, uh, he was actually next in my rankings and, you know, um, just kind of a guy that, that surprised me a little bit watching and he's not even 21 yet. Um, and I'm not typically a huge fan of, you know, guys that are, you know, undersized and, you know, so he's, I have him listed at five nine, one eighty five, nine185 And uh, you know, he makes people miss had, you know, good dominator rating, breakout rating, really athletic guy. Um, yeah. Pretty good hands. I, I just didn't like, you know, he just, his route tree was just a little limited. Like they didn't stretch him down the field. A lot of it's in motion. Um, you know, it kind of depends on, you know, what team he goes to. I, I think, I don't know if I saw a video over the week of him actually running like um, a shuttle or three cone or something, but he, I mean, the guy is, he's, he's quick um, and a guy that's, you know, you're going to probably have the draft capital to back it up. Um, you know, probably a day two guy and um, you know, Elijah Moore is somebody that i like, you know, I have him around there. You know, he's kind of similar to Rondale Moore though. It's like, I don't know how he fits into an offense um, I just didn't see the route tree out of more on the games that I watched.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll piggyback off of that, Tyler. He is actually maybe not my next one on my rankings, but I have one guy in between that um, that would be slightly ahead of him. Um, I do like Elijah Moore. I do, like you said, though, I feel like his ceiling is a little bit capped with his size and that I don't know if I'm going to get into the route tree argument just because it, it depends a lot on usage and what the college teams ask them to do. They can learn a lot when they get to the NFL. That's the best coaching in the world, right, for, for football unless you're Adam Gase. Then he belongs on like a middle school field or something like that. But Elijah Moore, I thought he showed really very solid hands, very solid playmaking ability, um, good release off the line. pretty good route running when he did when he was asked to run those routes I thought he ran them fairly crisply and I I, like you said though I think his his role is limited I just see him as a as a slot guy he kind of reminds me of like that Cole Beasley type of player with a little bit more explosion down the field and a little bit more after the catch Um, I, I just don't think he can ever be that number one for you or maybe even that number two two receiver I don't think he's going to play much on the outside so I do think he's just a little bit limited but I do like his skills if he finds a spot with with a role where where they're going to utilize him the way that he needs to be utilized I do like the player as a whole
2: yeah I, I like those thoughts and instead of rehashing all those because I do agree with most of those I will just add that Yes, the size is a concern, though I think he'll, be, he'll meet the 25-plus BMI threshold that we oftentimes look for in wide receivers. And then also, he did get to play a little bit on the outside, not saying that he's going to win there in the NFL, but he does at least have some experience, although he was primarily deployed in the slot, like you guys were saying. So um, I, I like his elusiveness, I like his athleticism. Um, I do want to see, I don't know if he ran the 40. But I, I am interested in that. But anyways, on film, he checks off a lot of athleticism concerns. So I like him. Like you guys said, some size concerns, some upside concerns, as we talked about. Um, for the listeners who haven't checked out last week's show, go back and look at you know, what we talked about with Rondale Moore and the potential concerns with a smaller wide receiver like that. However, um, you know Elijah Moore has a lot of the same things going for him. And he's been very productive in college. So, And this is the same college that put out A.J. Brown, who had some concerns about his route tree as well. So I don't necessarily see him as an A.J. Brown. I mean, maybe a very miniature version of, of A.J. Brown. Um, maybe a little closer to Antonio Brown is actually one that I, I believe I've even, even um, thought up or I might have heard that somewhere. But uh, kind of a less explosive, less spectacular, obviously, version of Antonio Brown, but another guy stylistically that, that could be similar. So potential for upside there, but it, it could also be limited.
0: I I do want to bring up quickly that we're talking about this upside. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, where is he going in rookie drafts really? He's going in that early to mid-second round, I would say. Um so what are you expecting? What are we talking about with upside? We're not expecting wide receiver one numbers out of a mid-second-round pick out of your rookie drafts, right? That's, that's, that's a very rare feat to accomplish. So, I mean, upside, that's what I would say. I think his upside could be a wide receiver, too. At, I, think he, could, I can think he can reach those goals. I don't think he can reach wide receiver one, but I'm also not expecting that with where you're getting him in rookie drafts with the talent pool that he's around right now. So I just wanted to bring that point up when we're talking about upside. Where we're getting him in drafts, you, we're not expecting those wide receiver one numbers really ever in his career for me personally. But like we, me and Tyler have stated in the past, it's wide receiver twos and even wide receiver threes are very valuable on a dynasty team. So just wanted to throw that tidbit out there.
1: Yeah, he feels more like a back end two as like his ceiling for me. And I, I don't know where he eventually ends up, but I would rather take my chances on a guy like Tamori and Terry, who I absolutely love. And, you know, pretty soon we're going we're gonna to be to the point where 40s don't matter and they're going to just look at the next-gen stats. And I'm sure you guys saw this, but his next-gen next stats, he actually, <clears throat> on a play, was running 23.4 miles per hour, which would be fastest in the NFL in the last four years. Faster than Tyreek Hill. Like, just let that sink in for a second. And he's 6'4". Like that guy has like incredible potential and I just want to see him go to the chiefs. Like I'm praying at night, please go to the chiefs and just let him unlock that potential. But that Tamorian Terry, man, he, he is a guy that just screams. That's somebody that I, and like, I want to get him in, you know, the second round. And I don't know if I, I mean, will he get the draft capital? I don't know where he's going to go in the draft. I don't, because he kind of like opted out his senior year, um, but he had big numbers as a junior. Dominated C.J. Henderson, future first round pick. Um, when they played Florida, uh, upside is just absolutely tremendous. Just, I mean, watch his film. He's he's unreal and a guy that I would rather target than somebody like Elijah Moore. Like uh, that, similar to how I grabbed Chase Claypool in the third round last year in my rookie draft. Uh, I, I don't know. I just like guys like that more. You don't see me roster smaller guys at wide receiver very often on my dynasty teams
0: I don't blame you at all for liking Tamori and Terry I, I, I actually don't think he's going to get the draft capital because I don't Aaron correct me if I'm wrong because you might know more about this than I do but I'm pretty sure I don't I don't think he necessarily opted out his senior year I think he kind of got released from the team I think he had to take a little break didn't he
2: yeah, so what happened was, you know, a very tumultuous situation there um, at FSU. And, yes, he did start off the season with the team. He started playing games. It was an up-and-down ordeal. He, he had some struggles this year again with drops, which is another concern with his profile. But he did end up leaving the team. It, it, wasn't necess- it was kind of a, almost a mutual type of deal, but it's what he wanted to do ultimately um, because they were still going to, you know, happily have him. However, uh, I don't really blame him for opting out. I mean, he's had three different head coaches there at FSU. He's had an inconsistent carousel of quarterbacks. And plus, he was banged up this year as well. So he's fighting through injury in a COVID-affected season. So I don't blame him necessarily, but that is a concern. And And so there's been some rumors of, you know, off-field concerns with him, um, slight injury concerns, and then also just the fact that um he might not get that draft capital then too. So th- those are concerns. And then the drops that I mentioned as well. So like Tyler was saying, I I actually consider myself a big Tamar and Terry fan as well. At 6'4", 210, and the guy's running four threes in the 40. This is exactly what we saw out of DK Metcalf, except Metcalf didn't have quite as many concerns. Metcalf had... He had, he had the of injury stuff. Out. Yeah. He did have the injury, yes, exactly, but other than that, he didn't have the off-the-field issues as much, and then, um, you know, a little bit less serious injury, well, I shouldn't say that, but the lower extremity has been affected, um, I think ankle and knee injuries with Tamori and Terry, so just something to keep an eye out for, but I really liked what he did coming in as a, as a redshirt freshman, he blew up. He broke out um, early in his career, even if he wasn't young. I think he was 20 years old when he broke out um, that redshirt freshman year. still,
1: he did redshirt,
0: yeah. Yeah,
2: but he's got a lot of upside, so thanks for pointing out all that. I I really like this guy.
0: Yeah, like you guys said, I do love the upside with Terry. I just saw his playmaking ability is unbelievable and what he did with florida state that team is just so abysmal so anybody that can stand out it's like a cam acres where you're trying to watch the right. film and part of it is just absolutely brutal but you can just try to pick out those little glimpses of hope where we saw that with terry and i did see some drop issues with his hands it wasn't i didn't think it looked supernatural with him catching the ball um I didn't love his release off the line. And I I pay attention to that in college because it's only going to get that much harder on press coverage in the NFL. Um, But like I said, I love his playmaking ability for being as big as he is. He has decent route running actually. And then his speed down the field, once he, once he can get going, he is an absolute burner. So his upside is through the roof. Um, But like I said, or like we said that that draft capital could really affect where he's going to go in those rookie drafts. And, heck if he goes late and he slides in rookie drafts he has the talent to to beat out some of these NFL wide receivers and get earn that starting spot so he's a he's an interesting one that has that high risk high reward type of type of feel to him
1: yeah and i'm almost wondering just with the the state of college football this past season if you know him cuz what i read is it it was kind of more of a mutual thing like Aaron had said and will the you know gms and scouts knock him from not playing and I, I don't know I, I mean it's hard to tell hard to tell obviously I've yeah. not was inside the Florida State locker room
0: I bet you he gets absolutely grilled about that in interviews with with scouts and stuff like for that. sure yeah and so I guess it'll depend on what what he has to say and how much they believe I think as well yeah
1: Ryan why don't you lead us into uh your next guy you don't have to like him uh just uh another rookie wideout that we'll discuss
0: Sure. I will actually talk about a guy who I do, I do like, I have him ranked above Elijah Moore, above Tamori and Terry, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown, probably one of the cooler names in the NFL draft this year. Um, I think that guy is a very, very nice player. He checks a lot of boxes for me, um, as not a great, great player, but a very, very good player in almost every category that, that I tend to look at for wide receivers. Um, I thought his hands were good. His playmaking ability is very, very nice. His route running is pretty solid. Um, I thought, I mean, it might have been the, just the games that I watched, but I thought his game speed, he didn't look super explosive and fast with the, with the ball. Um, his playmaking ability came kind of what I saw, making those contested catches, which leads to his hands, and I thought he had pretty solid release. So I, I, I thought he checked a lot of boxes as far as average Across the board, or above a little above average, I think he's a starting caliber wide receiver in the NFL, and I thought he's a very very nice player. So I'm curious to see what you guys think of him. Um, I saw some some videos of him running routes in like a, a training camp or or a college practice, and it looked a heck of a lot better than it did. And people were blowing up about it about his route running. I thought that looked a little bit different than it did in the middle of a game. But overall, I do really like Amon Ross St. Brown. I think landing spot might help him out a lot more than where I currently have him ranked. It's
1: funny that you say that he didn't look like overly athletic. And I don't know if it was just cause I watched maybe him around when I watched Terry and it's you're comparing to him. He, I mean, he didn't look overly like explosive. Right. But I mean, they still ran screen passes to him where he was finding a way. And like, I don't know his yards after the catch numbers, but he just looked polished to me. Like he looked like he could, It run down the field, make a contested catch, catch a screen pass. Like I just thought he looked solid and he looked like a guy that can step in and play right away. That's a guy that I saw. And not that I don't think, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but I mean, he looks serviceable for sure. And somebody that's worth rostering. So I, I mean, I liked him. I thought he was pretty polished, to be honest with you.
0: Aaron, you're muted right now.
1: You're muted Aaron, but I I can tell it's going to be really good.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I I wanted to bounce a question back at you guys, actually. Do you think he has Golden Tate type of upside? Um, I see a little bit play style-wise. And then also, Golden Tate wasn't a guy who was going for huge touchdown numbers, but he was consistent throughout his career. He had three seasons over 1,000 yards. Um, What do you guys think? Could that be a Monroe St. Brown type of um, ceiling and or future?
0: I can absolutely see that type of that type of play. He seems like the, like like what Fish was saying, that consistent player that just he can get it done. He doesn't do anything super sexy. He's he's going to be underrated in fantasy probably his whole career. If he can pull it pull it together and be, get that starting spot, I think he he is going to have that consistent mid wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three numbers year in, year out. Um, doesn't do anything fantastic, but he's, he's definitely good enough to be that wide receiver three on your team, on your fantasy team or a flex spot play. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like his upside is limited just because I think he lacks explosiveness and that, that dominant wide receiver traits, but I can definitely see that golden tape. That's a pretty, pretty good comp, I think.
1: Yeah. I think that would be his absolute ceiling. Yeah. I, that's actually a nice comp for his ceiling.
2: Yeah, and, and a bunch of the um, descriptors that you use there, too, remind me of, like, a Tyler Boyd, the type of guy who's not going to be a wide receiver one. Um, I do – I don't know. I was surprised by his go up and get the ball mentality this year. Like, he had some nice catches on touchdowns, though. So, I guess I wouldn't rule out a potential path for him to actually um, rise up past what we're expecting out of him. So, maybe expect more of that, you know, what? like you said – Fantasy wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver two upside, but know that guys like Justin Jefferson, um, similar size, not really one spectacular trait, but they're good movers. They, you know, they did really well in college, just like Monra St. Brown, and they have some route running ability, some ability to make cuts, get in and out of breaks, and flash hands. So um, I'm definitely not calling Monra St. Brown anywhere near Justin Jefferson, but I'm saying that there's always these guys who we say. Yeah, he's probably not anything special. And then they actually turn out to be just very skilled players. They're not dominant like Julio, but they win through, you know, a bunch of different ways.
0: What 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 I thought of when I saw St. Brown when I was watching his film, I saw a lot of Brandon Ayuk only a little bit less explosive, is what I saw. Cause I, I liked Ayuk last year. I kind of saw very similar traits out of them. While 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 I was watching the film, I don't know what you guys feel about that, but I I, I can see similar characteristics in in their games. Um, but I think Ayuk is more explosive with the ball in his hands personally. Yeah, I I would agree with Ayuk being more explosive part. and then I would also
2: say that Amadres St. Brown probably has better hands, um, as far as that goes. I, but then again, there was just limited tape on Ayuk in college. That's why you know him breaking out the way he did was kind of a surprise to a lot of people, but. Yeah, I don't mind that at all.
1: Aaron, why don't you lead us into a guy here?
2: Let's talk Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State wide receiver. So I have him in that same tier with you know Terrace Marshall and Rondell Moore and the guys that we just talked about there. And Tylen Wallace at six foot one ninety, he plays almost similar to like Mike Evans at times, going up and getting the ball. He had a ton of contested catches, which. Isn't necessarily a great thing. You, you see the last couple of draft classes, um, the contested catch leaders haven't really panned out. But then you look at Tyler Wallace's skill set, and then you actually see that he's pretty fast. He can break off some really long plays. I mean, he needs to expand that route tree, and he really needs to continue healing up from that ACL tear because that affected his speed this this 2020 season. So I, I like the production that he had before that ACL tear. Um, he really dominated in 2019, and then he broke out um, in 2018 then. So I like a lot of the things that he flashes on tape and that those ball skills that he has. So I don't have a great comp for him or anything like that, but I I do think that he's a guy. He's going in the early to mid-second from what I've seen in super flex drafts, and I like that slot for him. So if I have early second-round picks, I'm definitely thinking about Nabin. Tylen Wallace, uh, what do you guys think?
1: I, I think that's, uh, it kind of hit it in the head and, um, you know, he put up those really, really big numbers as a sophomore. He also had Mason Rudolph throwing the ball, uh, which is somebody who, you know, slings it more than where well, they got Spencer Sanders there now, who kind of, and, and Chuma Hubbard where they're kind of like taking away some yardage there. So his numbers were kind of deflated there a little bit. I mean, he absolutely he had like 1500 yards as a sophomore, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I did notice like he might've led the NCAA in contested catches. I think I might've read somewhere. Um, he had just a ridiculous amount and then it's like, well, is that concerning that he's not getting separation? Um, but no, I, I liked what I saw on film and he's a guy that's, um, that would be willing to to target in drafts as well. If, if he's in that second round area, um, definitely could be a, a serviceable receiver. And I, I, yeah, I don't, like you said. Ryan, you got a comp for him?
0: I don't really. Um, the, the, the two things that I liked about Tylen Wallace the most were, were his hands and his playmaking ability down the field, the, the, his ability to high point a ball to his go get it attitude. Um, I did like his speed in, when I was watching the film. What I thought, like exactly what Aaron said, I thought his route running could use a little bit more polishing, a little bit more work, um, and also his release off the line. I thought he struggled a little bit with as well, but I do. I can see him as the just cracking a start, like a starting wide receiver role, who could be very viable as your as a like I said before, like with St. Brown as like that wide receiver three on your team as far as upside goes. Um, I don't. I think he does have more upside, maybe potentially than St. Brown, but I think St. Brown is safer because, like we said, I think he can be a little more consistent than Wallace. Um, I'd just be curious to see how he does bounce back. Now another year removed from that ACL, and get him getting stronger, expanding that route tree, and I think he could be a very very nice player in the NFL. But my two favorite things when watching him was his hands and his his playmaking ability to go get the ball. I don't have a great comp for him, um, but I know I, what I what with Tylen Wallace. I, I see a lot of people that are on almost complete opposite, opposites of the spectrum. Some people really, really like him, um, one, of, one of which being John from the Monocle Dynasty. He's a huge tylen Wallace fan. He has him very high up in his rankings. And for me, I'm just not willing to to put him up that high. I have him down in the 9-10 the, the nine, nine, range for me, um, just based off of what I saw in college. But he has those, those non-film features, the breakout age, the dominator, and all those things. That, and we'll see what he gets for draft capital and what teams think about him as, as far as NFL goes. So I'd be curious to see. He's a little bit of a wild card for me. I liked what I saw. I wasn't super, like, bouncing off the page for me for, or, or anything with Wallace.
2: Here, here's a couple of just random thoughts that I had as far as comps, since he brought that up. He plays like Mike Evans, but in the body of Tyler Boyd. So he doesn't have the big size of those um, alpha wide receivers like Mike Evans. He has maybe that limited route tree where he's mostly running, you know, not too many complex routes, but then he doesn't really have the size of those alphas. So, I mean, he's still six foot around that range. So it's not a bad size by any means, but um, those are just a couple of thoughts um, that reminded me um, in his play style. So he reminds me of those couple of guys um, with how he performs out there.
0: I like that, 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 go get the ball attitude, not a great route tree with just a little bit undersized. I do, I do like those, those two kind of put them together with Boyd and Boyd and Evans for sure. Paulus,
1: you want to lead us into a
0: next guy here? Yeah, we'll go into a next guy that I, a lot of people love. I see some Twitter handles that are Diami Brown season or, or things like that, but uh, Diami Brown, Going into him, the North Carolina guy, um, similar I, – I, I don't know. I don't think I'm as high on Diami Brown as, as most people are. I wasn't thrilled with his hands. I saw a lot of easy drops, concentration drops while watching film. Um, his route running is decent, though. I, I, I didn't mind his route running at all. I thought he lacks a little bit of that top-end speed or, or that, that playmaking ability. Um, didn't mind his release off the line. He's just, he's just one of those average guys. I don't know if he's ever going to be a massive fantasy producer for you by any means. Um, he could be that, that bye week guy. He could I mean, depending on landing spot and the opportunity, I suppose, but I just feel like talent always wins out in those situations. So drafting Diami Brown, I would, I'd draft him mid to late second is where I'm kind of putting him at. I don't have a whole lot to say about him. I just wasn't thrilled with it, but I wasn't disappointed by any means with Diami Brown. He's just one of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a solid wide receiver kind of guy, in in my mind. What do you guys think? When I watched him,
1: um, I, I know I think I I saw a little bit different than what you did. Maybe I, I think it's uh, pronounced Diami too, Diami Brown. Uh, but he, I have to look it up again. But his reception or uh yards per reception uh give me he was the 94th percentile so he's like team all air yards man like he's he's that guy that he's gonna be that boomer bust guy like the, the air yards guy and like when i look at air yards from week to week if he gets an opportunity he's gonna be that guy that just stretches the field and that's what he did at north carolina and i actually liked watching his film like he was I thought he was pretty good. I mean, he just ran by guys. Uh, I actually thought his, you know, his release was okay because I mean he he led the nation in uh, yards per reception, I believe, and I, I didn't mind him. It'll be interesting to see like where he ends up and what teams think of him. But you know, if he gets an opportunity, I, I have a hard time finding a comp for him. But I haven't watched enough of him. But like Robbie Anderson's a big deep threat. He's not as fast as Robbie, obviously, He's not as long as Robbie. But uh, I, I was a fan of Diami Brown. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate him at all. I, it's a guy that I'd be willing to target in the second round for sure.
2: Yeah, R- Robbie is a decent comp there. I actually thought that, you know, high-end skill-wise, um, stylistically, reminds me of Terry McLaurin. But then again, Terry McLaurin in the NFL has actually flashed very good hands. He's, he's a strong hands catcher now. And Diami Brown, like you said, there's some concerns with that. I just saw inconsistency. So sometimes, yeah, he's just fine with his hands. And then sometimes not so much wasn't the strongest in, in those contested situations. But, yeah, he really dominated in college. He really outproduced Daz Newsome, who's another uh, North Carolina wide receiver in this draft class, who's kind of a deep sleeper. I don't know if we'll touch on him today, but Diami Brown really took over there as the alpha. And some of it was helped along by Howell, their, their quarterback, who's, who's a very good 2022 prospect. But, yeah, I don't know, ultimately, I'm going to be that high on Diami Brown. Right now, he's my ninth wide receiver in this class, and I don't really see a path for me drafting him earlier unless he gets great draft capital compared to these other guys. So I have Tylen Wallace, I have Amon Ross St. Brown, a couple of those guys ahead of Diami Brown.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought him up, Rye, cuz that was who I was going to bring up
0: if anybody shot me the question on that one. So, yeah, um, I I actually I actually have Brown at my wide receiver 12. And when I'm doing these these film evaluations and also my rankings, I'm trying to to be I would say I'm not saying people are unrealistic, but I'm trying to be realistic at the same time where I'm not I'm not going to go out there and say that everybody I think is a starting caliber wide receiver or anything like that. I think Brown is kind of at my cutoff now. now out of all the guys we've talked about, he's, he's one that I'd, I don't know if I see him as that, that upside to be a starting NFL wide receiver. He might get that opportunity as a rookie. Um, I just don't personally see him finding a spot, a consistent spot on any fantasy lineups or, or being that starting guy in the NFL personally.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you're probably right. We're sitting here, and, and just because we like a guy doesn't mean that he's going to absolutely flash. And, um, you know, chances are, you know, most guys probably don't hit, especially if you're looking back a few. I mean, last year's class was kind of an anomaly. If you look back previous years, there was a lot of people that whiffed on so many guys. And we can say we like guys, and then it turns out it's just an absolute dumpster fire. So, um, another guy that I wanted to, to bring up. Uh, and see what you guys thought. And he just, you know, it's a guy that, you know, produced a little bit, had a nice breakout rating. Numbers are not great on paper, but his dominator is high. So they just didn't pass a ton. And uh, that's Seth Williams. And he's just a big guy out of Auburn there. Uh, and I remember watching SEC on a Saturday, and he ended up scoring two or three touchdowns, I think, in a game that I was watching. And I was like, whoa, like, who is this guy? And then you dig more into him, and it's like he just kind of looks slow a guy that's not going to be able to create separation um, and probably going to have a, a hard time cracking the lineup, but he's a big, strong receiver. I mean, obviously the ability to create separation, that's a, a big concern for him. And as we saw in, in previous classes here, we're looking back, it's like, that's kind of an, an issue if you're not getting separation in, in college even. So um, Seth Williams is, is on my list. Um, not ahead of anybody that we've talked about so far, uh, but he is he did creep onto my list and somebody that I watched.
2: Okay, I have him in the same tier as uh, Tamarian Terry, and I think these guys have plenty of upside. But a lot of the concerns that you said, um, I share with you, Tyler. As far as I, I do think he's fluid, but he's not crisp. So he's smooth enough, but he's he's not really explosive. He's not separating um, with crisp movements. So. You know what? He has some good things going for him with his breakout age, his dominate, dominator rating, all those things. So I really like the size that he possesses, the jump ball ability, and he's actually a pretty smooth mover who can make some guys miss um, after he catches the ball. So uh, for the size, I'm, I'm willing to take an uh, upside shot on him, maybe early third round in rookie drafts. I think that could be profitable
0: yeah i mean I'm not going to sit around and beat a dead horse here with you guys pretty- pretty much hit it on the head of what what I think of him as well. I thought he had pretty good hands um and he can he can make those contested catches down the field and that has a lot to do with his size but like you guys both said I thought he looked he just looked slow on film. I didn't think his route running was anything special whatsoever because I didn't think he should, exactly what you guys said showed very much separation so I'm right on board with you guys with seth Seth Williams um there's some upside, obviously, with the size, but I just wasn't a huge fan of his film. I thought he did have a lot of holes, didn't check as many boxes as I would like. So that's that's what I think about Seth Williams. Thanks
1: for that analysis, right. Let's lead into uh, Aaron being the, the Devi expert, as he is, talking about a few guys that maybe he's looked at. Um, you know, might he might have been watching these guys for a few more years, or uh, he might just know a few more rookies then Ryan or I, is there anybody that you'd like to bring up, Aaron? Maybe a sleeper on your list or two or three. We don't have to cap you. Uh, you're our guest. So we'll kind of give you the air right now.
2: Well, let me touch on one guy that I know all of us are at least somewhat aware of. So Tutu Atwell. So this guy is a small wide receiver out of Louisville. 5'9", about 165 or so. So Soaking hear- wet. 165
1: right. soaking wet
2: as soon as you hear that weight you're like I want nothing to do with this guy but then you watch him play and you're like wow he could be Hollywood brownish you know like just such a explosive guy that you can use not only as a gadget role but you can use him vertically down the field and he's explosive enough to get in and out of routes and it's it's very appealing watching him it's just that question of can he actually Be a fantasy relevant wide receiver at that size, so that's why I don't have him in the tier of any of the guys that we just talked about earlier. I actually have him, you know, below Darius Tony, and then he's in this big tier of a bunch of guys that we can touch a little bit more on. Um, So, what what do you guys think about uh, Tutu Atwell?
0: I kind of have a very similar feel than you do. Um, I just think his upside is so limited, and one of his his highest attribute for me is his game speed. I think he's He's a very, very fast guy. He's like that water bug out on the field. Um, Definitely doesn't take contact very well, but how can you when you weigh about as as much as an eighth grader does? So I think he has solid pieces if he's used correctly. Um, Upside for me is just completely limited. I I actually like the comp of of Hollywood Brown. I I don't think he has Brown upside per se, um, but I, I, I like him as like the little scat water bug type of guy slot receiver gadget guy Um, definitely has that explosiveness and game speed though, that, that, that I like out of a guy.
1: I had my mic muted. And when you, and being a middle school teacher, when you said weighs as much as a middle schooler, I lost it. That was funny or eighth grader or whatever you said. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, he's not very heavy. I, he just, I, I struggle with these guys I already said it on this pod. So I won't, you know, continue to say it, but I just, I don't know. I'm not huge on guys like this and could he be as a ceiling Hollywood Brown? I'm not even that big of a Hollywood Brown guy. So, um, I mean, he is electric. He's nothing more than a gadget guy for me. Uh, you know, I just, I struggle. Like so many of these guys make great college players, right? We see this time after time. It just works in the college game, the way that they, they scheme these guys. And it's just not as much an NFL thing. So, yeah, Tutu Atwell. I mean, there might be guys that like him. Uh, I'm just not one of them.
0: So, you know, you know what he reminds me of—kind of kinda not not even body type or necessarily play style, but where I can see him being utilized, like a Jamison Crowder light. Those really short routes, very, very. I don't think he's going to get that huge yards per per reception. Wait, I don't
1: know or anything. Like if that. he's Jamison Crowder, I.
0: I, I freaking love Jameson Crowder, man. I, that's why that's why I, I said light. I don't think he's gonna get like a hundred uh, receptions in a year or anything like that. I just yeah. think those those short routes, they're gonna try to potentially get the ball on his hands so he can make a play with his feet. Um, something like that. I'm not saying he's gonna produce like him. I'm not saying he has a body type like him. I'm just saying as far as maybe like utilization yeah. of where he's getting the ball. Or I I mean, where else is he gonna get I don't the ball know. in the NFL? Where else is he gonna I get don't the ball think NFL? he will.
1: I think it ends up being more of like a – Tyler Irvin situation for the Packers, or uh, struggling? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I he's more of a gadget guy for me. So,
0: like a Tavon I, Austin, like he'll yeah, be, okay,
1: yeah. Tavon, somebody that somebody they sneak in him every now and then uh, because of his athleticism, but not somebody that sees a huge snap share.
2: Gotcha. I need to move him down my ranks, and I know I appreciate getting that feedback because that's <laughs> that's how you how you learn—is realizing, oh wait, this yeah, this guy's probably not capable of really reaching much upside. So, let's talk about a guy that is a little bit deeper than him as far as a sleeper. But I think similarly, he's small, but he actually has enough size to make it work. And I think he can be deployed in that Jameson Crowder or just slot role is Jalen Darden. So Jalen Darden is this small wide receiver out of uh, North Texas. Uh, he's Unfortunately, taken a long time to break out, but he's made consistent strides. Every year in college, he got better and better. And finally, this year, he absolutely dominated in that offense. He was their big play threat. He was very, uh, very productive. He's had 31 touchdowns in his last 21 games. I mean, the guy's been also scoring. and He's doing it with this filthy, like, juke moves. These um, very, very, I don't know. It's almost elite short area quickness ability that he has so yes he came into college he was a quarterback in high school so we have to keep that in mind that there's always that transition um going to full-time wide receiver so you know it's taken some time for him to finally uh flash and I don't think he does anything um too crazy in the athleticism department but like I said before with the short area quickness the route running, um, the elusiveness, which is just filthy. I really think that he could, he could find a very nice role in the NFL. Again, limited upside. But if you want a smaller guy who's super elusive, he's like the, the opposite of Rondale Moore in like the same types of players, but he broke out so much later. He showed at the end of college how great he was versus Rondale Moore showed initially how great he could be. And then we haven't seen it of late with Rondale. So Jalen Darden's kind of on the opposite trajectory, and I think he is a guy that we should pay attention to, like, let's say fourth round of a PPR draft. Just really look for this guy to be, like, that, that target um, hog in an offense depending on where he lands.
0: Who has more upside, Atwell or
2: Darden? Based on what you guys – um, sorry, the discussions that we just had, I think Darden – because Darden, at least he has 175 as far as his weight. So he's at least 10 pounds heavier. And he can actually he's actually shown that he's a good route runner, that he can play that underneath slot role. Versus Atwell, he's kind of more playing that vertical role. It would be a big transition for him to really um, master the slot, especially year one, where it's most important for these rookies to really get on the field and show.
0: And at this point, then the players that we're talking about, I mean, just seeing the field is going to be a great a great feat for them, I feel like. Um, I don't think they're going to get great draft capital. You're looking at third, fourth round of rookie drafts, which if you look at the hit percentage on any of those type of guys, it's very, very low. So, I mean, taking a flyer on somebody like this who could, could see the field and who's progressively gotten better, I, I, I definitely like that. like that, like the player that you pointed out there, Aaron.
1: Yeah, I mean, we asked him to to throw in a sleeper, right? And that's definitely a sleeper, small school guy, uh, put up numbers late in his career, nineteen touchdowns is his senior year. Still small. You know, it's it's really up in the air at that point. But from where you're getting him, you know, I, I watched his film and I tried to fall in love with him and he's very, very shifty, right? He's very shifty. So just it's not a guy it's not the type of player that I'm, you know, too high on typically, but like like you said, where you're gonna get him, you know you might as well it's a guy it's a flyer that you got to be willing to take and and who knows
2: absolutely and a couple more guys from this big there's a huge tier of wide receivers here at least for me and let's touch on a couple of guys that we like upside wise because we've talked about plenty of undersized guys already um in these two podcasts but let's let's talk about some guys who have some decent size to them who could be that um that larger wide receiver who could take on, um, you know, nice, uh, uh wide res- uh, sorry, nice touchdown upside. So uh, how about like a DeMonte Coxie out of Memphis or Jonathan Adams, Jr. Arkansas state, Nico Collins, Michigan, all those guys are bigger guys who have some, uh, movement ability, some skills there. And then they either flash, you know, alpha traits as far as ball skills or, As far as Demonte Coxie, I mean, he was a great, great recruit. I mean, LSU wanted him, Alabama offered him a scholarship, but then grades were an issue. He ended up going to Memphis, and he he really did well his sophomore, junior years before he sat out in 2020. So he sat out with the COVID season, and before that, he was the dominant wide receiver for Memphis. So I I like the combination of size, ball skills, yak ability, he shows good body control on catches, so I like a lot of what he has to offer, and I actually think he could be like a less fluid and less explosive version of like a A. Rob or a Chris Godwin type, actually. But that's just a style um, comparison there.
0: I liked I I like those those names that you're bringing up. Me and Tyler obviously haven't really dug in that that deep to the to, to the film side of everything yet, so we're not as familiar in these players, but. Um, One guy that I've been hearing a lot of buzz about, um, a lot of people love him. A lot of people are saying pump the brakes on him. Aaron, I want to get your take on it. What do you think about Amari Rogers out of Clemson?
2: Yes, that that was another guy I wanted to bring up for sure. He doesn't have the height of those other guys I just mentioned. He's 5'10", 210 pounds, but he does have that thick, like almost running back frame. And he he runs like that at times, definitely can change directions well. He's quick and fast. A makes tacklers miss, so he's nice to be used underneath, and he can be used some down the field, but he's definitely not a vertical threat. So, I mean, is he going to be more of an Anthony Miller type in the NFL? That's that's kind of where I see him right now. So I'm not as excited about him and some other people. And then as far as like his analytical profile, it's kind of hit or miss. I mean, I know he had the the ACL tear in in 2019, which impeded an earlier breakout potentially, but even then. I mean, this year was really his his very good statistical season, and even this season wasn't, you know, elite by any means. So he's a guy to keep an eye on in, in PPR formats for sure, but I don't think I'm taking him in the even the early third in most drafts.
0: It's funny that you bring up, like, the running back body style, which a lot of what you said is a lot of what obviously more a higher-profile prospect in 2019 um, a lot of what you said is very similar to what a lot of people said about Debo Samuel as well. Um, does he have that sort of play style? Um, uh, note to, something to note, Amari Rogers and his pro day actually took running back reps as well. So are we going to be able to see, I saw one tweet. This has no really relevance behind it. The source is questionable, but there, there was somebody that says, are we looking at like an Antonio Gibson light, a guy who hardly even touched the rock as a running back? Um, but has that body style. He was more of a, used as a wide receiver. Is there any upside in that category that we're looking at?
2: I mean, not really based on what I've seen um, from him on film, because he's only had what, 10 career rushing attempts, something like that. So he hasn't had a lot of rushing production. I think he's going to be used in that role though, where they might line him up in the backfield like Curtis Samuel. And then, you know, use some pass routes out of the backfield, use them in the slots, try to move them all over. And I think you will be fine there. I just don't see the huge upside with him. Uh, But I think he could be another solid slot receiver. And at the end of the day, when you're looking late in your drafts, you want guys who, who might be able to give you a good floor and or a
0: nice ceiling. So he's not a bad option later in your fantasy drafts. For sure. And that's one, that's one of those guys where I'm not a huge gadget guy. Um, like Laviska Chenault. I know he had a pretty solid rookie year. I was not huge on him coming out. Um, I didn't like Tavon Austin coming out. Um, people like that. I'm just not a huge gadget guy. It just makes me a little bit nervous. Um, I liked Antonio Gibson just because of every rushing attempt that I did watch. There was only 33 of them. And I know that by heart because Tyler reminded me about every time we talked about him last year. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, we didn't see enough. I mean, 10 rushing attempts, like you said, in college, is just, I don't think that's the way he's going to be used. So the the gadget guy for fantasy relevance is just a little bit tough. I think that the upside is very limited there. So I just wanted to get your take on him.
2: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And we shouldn't expect Antonio Gibson's for sure. Just due to the fact that he was so, I mean, he was thick. He was just well-built as far as uh, receiving and running back option in college. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Gibson's definitely such a unicorn in that way where, I don't really see anybody in this draft class. That's, that's going to be quite like him.
1: Yeah. In terms of not liking Chenault, though, right? I actually do like him for this year. We'll, we'll see what quarterback they grab, but uh, I I never
0: said, I never said I didn't like him for this year. I never, I just said I didn't like him. I wasn't high in
1: him either. Yeah. I wasn't high in him either, but he proved me wrong and I actually liked what I saw in him his rookie year, but we won't get into that quite yet. But Uh, Aaron, anybody else that you want to highlight uh, before we shut her down here?
2: Yeah, um, I did mention a couple of names. I won't go into depth on, you know, Jonathan Adams Jr. and Nico Collins, but they have that size upside and some of those alpha traits, especially Jonathan Adams um, out of Arkansas State with his catching abilities. It's it's really special, excuse me. But also another guy that's been rising up for a lot of people is Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. And I've heard buzz about him day one, day two. And I just watched some film recently on him. And I didn't even do that much of a deep dive. I, I should go deeper into him, to be honest. But, I mean, he displays a lot of interesting traits. It's just that if you strongly value that analytical profile, you don't want to chase an outlier, you want to have a better probability of hitting, you probably shouldn't take Dwayne Eskridge because it took him so long to finally break out. Um, mostly due to the fact that he was playing corner. I mean, he was playing defense initially in college and as soon, no, he played corner as recently as last year, 2019, he was still playing some defense. So he's been all over the place. He's a versatile weapon. Maybe that's why NFL teams might be interested in him, but he flashes strong hands and, and decent route running, especially for being newer to the position and he has nice athleticism. I mean, over 20 yards per catch each of the last three years. He's been a big play guy um, consistently in college. So I think that there's some upside there. He's not tiny either. He's 5'9", 190, so um, he's got definitely enough size to make it work. And he could be a a little bit of a project, I suppose, for a team, but he does have a lot of those traits that you like.
1: Interesting. Just doing a you know quick dive on him there. Looks like he's played quite a few years in college. He, he, he's old. He's twenty four years old. He'd be Ryan's dad for crying out. Loud. Guy's been around a while. <laughs> Joking, obviously. But no, appreciate the insight uh, as always, Aaron and and Ryan. Always great chatting with you. And uh, you know that's part two of our, our rookie wide receivers. And you know hope we gave you some sort of analysis there. And it's gonna be really interesting to see where these guys end up on draft day and uh, can't wait to keep diving in and doing our own research. So Aaron, thank you for joining us.
2: Absolutely. Th- thanks so much for having me. Uh, pleasure talking my receivers with you fellas and you guys do such great work. So hopefully I'll probably come back on here at some point with you fellas and uh, thanks again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Part two is just as fun as part one. So really appreciate it. And it was, it was nice getting to meet you and, Uh, Ryan, as always, we'll, we'll see you guys next week for our free agent, uh, pod where we break down the analysis of, of every free agent signing and and franchise tag. So, uh, we'll see you guys next week and thank you for tuning in to block in the back.
0: Thank you for listening to Block in the Back podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty fantasy football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow, at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.